Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when they have 19 GPU cores instead of 16 GPU cores. Wow. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Maybe even a new product or two along the way in January, no less. In January, right now, it is January 22nd or 23rd, depending on where you are in the world. For example, Japan. Mm -hmm. And we are somehow 48 hours away from new Apple products coming out. Huh? What? What? What has happened in the world to have caused this? I don't know. This might be like a side effect of global warming or something. I mean, that's that's all I can think of. Oh. You know, they do say, you know, people say, oh, well, why is it still cold if there's global warming? But global warming, as we know, creates more extremes. Mm -hmm. So you get higher tides you get more extreme weather events, and you get MacBooks in January. That's that's on there. That's one of the things. Yep, this is scientists have been saying this. Yes, and you can find many who have said that exact thing. Yes, peer-reviewed studies. Peer-reviewed studies. And this is actually quite interesting because, as pointed out by this comment... Intel is releasing their new 13th series, 13th gen chips. Now, this one's interesting. And I got to find, I got to get a laptop with the new uh, 13980HK because supposedly it is extremely, extremely fast. However, and I want to find this here on Intel's website because... The, I believe that its base power consumption is 55 watts. And its turbo power consumption is 157 watts. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, which would you rather have, Noah? Would you rather have, let's say, 30% faster Intel chip or the M2 Max, which uses about 80, 70% less power? Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a trade-off. definitely depends on what you want to do. I'd say for the vast majority of people, these computers are already so fast that, like, they're already so fast that it's like you don't need, you know, take take the, the, the less power draw over the power. Some people need the power. You know, 30% not huge, but it's 30%. I don't know. I would just, I would just take the, the better power draw, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I mean... I think I think this is something that I'm going to be testing and exploring. But when you look at when you look at the package that Apple offers versus the package that Intel offers, I think what Apple gives you, even if it's not as fast, 
is an overall better experience because it's smoother, it is quieter significantly, and it's cooler. And it doesn't suck down juice at an astronomical rate of speed. Uh, And there's another thing to keep in mind, which is that we're talking about mobile chips. If your CPU in a laptop is consuming 157 watts, that's not very mobile anymore. If you're trying to do that on battery, you're going to suck down that whole battery in 10 seconds flat. Those chips are going to be sucking more juice than a toddler at a birthday party. (laughs) Great, definitely thought through joke. That was great. (laughs) Thank you. When you said juice, that just, at least the first part of that came into my mind and I had to... Had to work it in there. Yeah, that's that was very good. Thank you. That was um, just f- seamless, flawless execution there. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, what are we looking at here, folks? Let's talk about these new chips, shall we? So, basically, across the board, our core counts are going up. That's... The, the long and the short of it is. Uh, I think it's also worth noting that these are basically just the same treatment that we saw with M2, right? So the M2 chip had decent CPU gains because, uh, or it was very, it was actually quite minimal CPU gains because basically the only difference was they're, they're juicing them up a little bit more running them, clocking them a little higher, running a little bit more power. It's just a tweaked version of the M1 chip. And so now what we're looking at is basically the same thing happening on the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros. And so basically the way to think about this is Regardless of what you get, you can directly compare it to the previous uh, the previous chips. So across the board, we have two, two more cores now than we did before uh, for the CPU. So your old, your old base model, 14-inch, uh, that was a, an 8-core CPU. Now it's a 10-core. Uh, your, your higher-end chip, the full M1 Pro and the M1 Max, that was a 10-core, now it's a 12. Uh, and I think it's worth noting, because some people didn't really mention this in videos, those extra cores are efficiency cores. So, when you have... And actually, I want to double-check this for the base model, but I know for the 12-core CPUs, you're now getting 8 performance for efficiency. So... Two cores more, yes, but they're two of the lower power cores, so I wouldn't expect massive gains. We saw some leaked Cinebench scores. They put it around 15,000 compared to about 12,000 in the M1 Pro. But I think it's important to note that that's Geekbench. Don't necessarily think that that's representative because essentially what Geekbench does is it allows each core to just max itself out And then just tallies all that up. It's not very strenuous. It doesn't really get... uh, 
the way that Geekbench scales isn't exactly linear with the way your performance is going to scale. So I will just say that. Now, where things get interesting is in the GPU. Because previously, there were almost too many options. But I think I can remember them off the top of my head. The base model 14-inch, you could get a 14-core GPU. Or you could get the full-fat 16-core GPU. Or you could get the binned M1 Max with 24 cores. Or the full M1 Max with 32 cores. So, across the board now, we're adding to that. But it's very weird. And I don't know why they have designed it this way. But now, the double-binned M1 Pro 14-inch, that gets... 16 cores the regular m1 pro gets 19 cores not sure why the binned m1 max gets 30 cores and the full m1 max gets 38 cores so that is an increase in cores of either two three or six interesting yeah i'm not yeah a hundred percent. I'm sure if we like sat down and looked at the numbers and the clusters and the binning, it probably makes sense. But it is weird to like see those numbers, uh, just like on the on a product page. They're weird numbers. The the nineteen is is killing me. It's so. It weird. actually is killing me. So weird. I don't like that. Just numerically. <laughs> numerically. Is that even a word? Numerically? No. No, numerically. I just don't like it. The numetrics are off. I see, I see. So, like, okay, because here's how it worked before. Everything was in eight core clusters, right? So there was a binned version with seven. And then when you multiply that out, that got us to the 14 and 16, right? Because 7 times 2, 8 times 2. So you had two clusters. Then with the M1 Max, you had four clusters. Or one of those clusters would be disabled and you had 24 clusters. Same thing when you went up to the M M1 Ultra. You had 48 or 64. These are all clusters of 8. And it made sense. It was pretty and it was nice. But... Uh, now it doesn't make any sense. I don't know where they're getting 19. Because uh, it's not a multiple of anything. It's a prime number, boy. Yeah. How'd they get that? I don't know if they, like, bin... Uh, like... I don't know if it's, like, a double bin, or, like, they bin a cluster and then, like, another core. Or, like... What would that be? be? Are they still clusters of eight, or do you think that they're different cluster size? Well, my my guess would be on ten now because okay. that's what the M2 chip has. Because remember, the M2 is the binned one is eight, the regular one is ten. But you would expect then that we would have multiples of eight and ten. So the way that it should have been would be like a sixteen core or a twenty core, and then a 30 core or a 40 core but instead we have it this just doesn't make any sense because where do we get 19 from where do we get 30 from where do we get 38 38 it 
I mean, it's 19 times 2. Right. I guess the 19 is like a 20 and 1 core is binned. 1 core and 1 Ugh. cluster is binned. And a 30 core Why is did like they do 3 that? clusters. I don't know. That's really weird. It is weird. Wait, wait, wait. So if the 30 core is 3 clusters, then the 38 core is four clusters, but two of them have one core disabled? I get... Okay, so think about... Yeah, and it's almost... Okay, maybe it's like because the 19 is two cores... Or sorry, two clusters and one core is disabled, and then the 38 core is just two of that. I get... I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to make the math work. That Maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, I, I just Tim Tim what is going on here and I get that this doesn't really matter uh, we're spending a lot of time talking about numbers here folks and I apologize for that but I really liked how everything kind of made sense before I was like okay groups of eight this is I can I can handle that. That's good. But now with these clusters of either 10 or 9 or 8 or 19, 30, 38 like why? Why are they doing these things? I just I don't get it. I hope I hope that things are going to be a little bit more understandable when we get to the the three nanometer chips, which people are saying might be this year. Wow! So we've, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess know. you know the base M two was uh, last year. It was uh, what towards the end of last year? Is that right? Ye- what the ba- the regular M two chip? Yeah. That was smack dab in the middle, WWDC. Okay, so that was middle. So we could see the the base M3 this year and then maybe the Pro and Max versions of those next year. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. You know, so I have a, I have a hypothesis about Apple's schedule going forward. Okay. And I think... To preface this schedule, we need to discuss something, which was specifically the video that Apple released with these products. Everyone in chat and Noah, did you all get a chance to watch the 18-minute video that Apple posted talking about these new products? I did. And what were your thoughts on that video? I thought it was... I mean, it looked just like any of their other keynotes, essentially. Obviously, a shorter version. And I think the thing, maybe the thing that you're getting at, uh, which which I you know read about on Twitter and I agreed with, was it seemed like it was lifted out of the event from last year. Bro, they literally just yoinked this out of a Final Cut timeline. It's so obvious. In fact, if you go to the announcement page and you expand, how do I, in Chrome, how do I get the full URL? 
because it just is showing apple.com when I click on the thing. Uh, or no, maybe it's the... Uh, crap, what, where's the view page source? No, there's something like that. You can go into the URL for the video and it has like 10-2022 in the file name. Let me Let me see if I can find what you're talking about. Oh, here he goes. Let me take a look. Uh, yeah, it does say Mac, MacBook Pro 14 and 16, Mac Mini product, TPL US 2022, 16 by 9. does say that in the That's URL. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, 2022. This was pulled straight out of a keynote. I saw people that analyzed, like, the clouds and the weather and figured out that this was filmed in, like, late September. Uh, and you can tell, I mean, just looking outside, it looks very warm. I know California doesn't do winter a whole lot, but, like, it's very warm. And, like, folks, that this was all supposed to come out in, like, October or November. A hundred percent. Yeah, it definitely looks like it was, I mean, obviously it was lifted from that same keynote. It would make sense for that to have happened. I think it's also funny. I think I saw someone say this, but, you know, obviously I live, you know, a couple miles, 10 miles or whatever from Apple Park. And there's been, you know, you said that they don't do winter here, which is true, but there's been a lot of rain here uh, for the past couple of weeks. It's finally let up, but for uh, like around when this video was released and for the time before that, there was a lot of rain and people were saying, uh, I think that there was like no rain uh, in the background or there was no like, I don't know. It was it was very cloudy, very overcast, and very oh, rainy. Oh, I see what you're saying. And it was very clear that this video was not filmed recently because there was none of that in the background. It looked like it was you know summertime. So I thought that was funny. Yeah, it did. It, no, it really did look like summer. I I genuinely think that they. Some people say, oh, this was going to be in the September event. I don't think that's true because the September event was already an hour. This on its own was 20 minutes. Once you pad it out. And I think it was going to launch with the iPads that we got late last year. I think you put all of those things together. HomePod, Apple TV, iPad 10, iPad Pro with M2, Mac Mini, and these MacBooks. That right there is one event. 100%. And it got broken down piecemeal because things weren't ready. And so I, I'm 100% convinced that that's what happened. There is no way that this release schedule was planned. No way. No, I absolutely, I absolutely believe that these things definitely. I feel like that event was uh, a little bit light. You know, the event that we had back then. Mm -hmm. And I will also say that, like, it sounds like a lot of stuff to pack into one event, but a lot of these are like minor refreshes, like minor upgrades. So I don't yeah. think it's that, you know, if it's like the iPhone, like the new iPhone, the new Apple Watch, that's kind of like a bigger thing and Apple spends more mm -hmm. time. But these, you know, all of these things are, you know, more minor refreshes for the most part. So I think it would make sense to see them all at once. Yeah, I think you're right. And <laughs> I just think it's very interesting to, to get this like extremely thinly veiled peek behind the scenes right typically when apple does stuff it's very polished they don't like to they don't like to 
act like real people yeah. in public, right? Yeah. They would never say like, oh, we're facing delays or like, oh, here's a press release with some new stuff. Everything that they do publicly is so polished and corporate and inhuman. And it's really weird to see this because you're like, damn, they straight up pulled this clip out of the Final Cut timeline, got some influencers to to do some stuff. Like, like they just pulled some videos, edited together a little montage and then, like, it goes in with that that zoom shot on Apple Park, which is literally just pulled out of a transition that they had already filmed for the other event. And so, yeah, that's there we go. And now we have new MacBooks in January. Oh, wait, I forgot. I was leading into uh, my schedule thing that I was going to talk about. Oh, yes, yes. So I'm starting to see a pattern emerge. And we're going to find out if this pattern holds true. But given that this was supposed to be October or November, I think we're going to start seeing a three-event Mac cycle. Essentially, WWDC introduces the new base series chip. We're talking M2 coming out in 2022 and then in the fall we get the pro and max version of it so in 2021 that was the m1 pro macbook pros in 2022 it would have been the m2 pro and max and then the spring march is when we get the highest end chip so i think that come march We'll have another event. We'll have M2 Ultra. And some people are saying it'll be in a Mac Pro. I'm concerned about that because, well, I don't frankly see why you would need to step up to a Mac Pro size to get that M2 chip. We all know that the Mac Studio can handle the M1 Ultra more than well. So what are they saving for the Mac Pro? Right. That's the question of if there's going to be like an M2 Extreme or, or some sort of extreme chip or or something beyond that. Because like you said, the, the Ultra chip doesn't really justify. I guess if they focus, I don't know, if they focus more on like the, uh, like the upgradability aspect and having the different cards and like things mm. like that. You could see the point for for a Mac Pro, but I feel like the Mac Pro has to have more power because it's called the Mac Pro, and the Ultra is not going to do yeah. that. There's got to be something more. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see for that, but I don't think we're gonna have to wait that long. And one of the really one of the biggest things about this entire, I'm gonna just say event. Because clearly that's what it was going to be. Um, So one of the biggest things that I think happened at this event is the M2 Pro Mac Mini. I think that is the single most important thing that Apple released. Because it fills the space. We have now had the Mac Studio for quite a while. We have a Mac Pro on the way that's going to probably sit significantly above that. But... $2,000, which is the starting price for the Mac Studio, 
meant that there wasn't really anything in the one to two K range, right? You got your you get your Mac Mini, which is now even less expensive. It's five hundred and ninety nine dollars. That's a really good deal for a Mac Mini. Even if it had M1, that would still be a good deal. But you get M2 and it's a hundred dollars cheaper. Love that. That's fantastic. But now we get the M2 Pro also at $1299, a really, really appealing price tag. And that means that you can get the powerful chip at the less expensive price. Use your own display, use your own speakers. You can get that chip for a new low price, $1299. Previously, the cheapest way to get an M1 Pro was waiting for a 14-inch base model to go on sale. So this is a really big deal. Yeah, that's that was one that surprised me, definitely, to see the M2 Pro come into the Mac Mini. It's not that surprising, I guess, when you think about it. Like, it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the M2 Max is not going into a Mac Mini. That's a Mac Studio yeah. chip. But, like, seeing <laughs> the M2 Pro in the Mac Mini is really cool, and it definitely goes with what you were saying and i saw i didn't get to watch it yet but i saw you posted your video today about the imac uh, how apple mm-hmm. has sort of forgotten about the imac so i'm sure that we'll talk about that but i think also that kind of fills the niche where if you need a more powerful desktop but maybe you don't want to go all the way up to the mac studio then the mac mini can sort of sit in between there because we still don't have an imac style device that has more power. We're still stuck on the M1 for the, for those. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. And ironically enough, I've actually had that iMac filmed from before this event happened. Hmm. And when we got these new products, I was like, oh man, am I going to have to throw out this video? Because I'm literally releasing it right when they're about to do this to the iMac. But they didn't. And so, if anything, I think today's video was even more poignant because... I filmed it a week ago. I filmed it before I even went to Japan. And and I was talking about like, oh man, the iMac is a little neglected. And now it's even more obvious how neglected it is because we still don't even have... They didn't even put the M2 chip in the exact same thing, right? We got the M2 in a, in a Mac Mini, just plug and play, you know, swap the chip. Didn't do that with the iMac. We still don't have a 27-inch. It's been almost a year since that was discontinued. That was Intel anyway. Like, I know so many people that if they could get a 24-inch iMac with an M2 Pro in it, would snap that up in a a heartbeat. A 27-inch iMac with an M2 Max? Ooh. Ooh, that would be tasty. Especially with you know, ProMotion and Mini-LED that we've been hearing about, those display panels have been in development for over a year and a half now. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great to see those. I definitely feel like, I was just trying to think, like all the devices, uh, like I guess the base M1, right? The only device left is the iMac, right? Because the the MacBook Air and the Pro and the Mac Mini... Uh, have already gotten up to M2, right? So it's just the iMac is the one that's waiting. And I guess, obviously, the Mac Studio has, you know, the M1 Max and Ultra, but that's that's a different story there. So 
The Mac, yeah. the iMac definitely needs it. And yeah, it is like, you know, it's, it is kind of silly to see like, uh, you know, the MacBook pros get the upgrade and the, the, uh, uh, the Mac mini get the upgrade, but then the iMac, they don't say anything about it. It's very clearly neglected. And I hope that means that they have something big coming that they're like waiting, maybe like the March event, maybe they'll do something there, but like, yeah, they got to do something with that. Yeah, and I mean the iMac doesn't need to be the the leader of a new chip, right? It doesn't need to be the first device to come out with it. So what I would be perfectly happy seeing is, hey guys, we put the M2 and the M2 Pro in the 24-inch iMac, and we're introducing an all-new 27-inch iMac that can have up to the M2 Pro and Pro Max, uh, or the M2 Pro and the M2 Max. And it's the same design, but it's bigger and it has more fans. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. But please, Apple, do it. Now, I did see an interesting comment, which is that you could just build your own iMac setup using a regular Mac Mini. And I did address that in the video. Like, yes, you can go and buy a Mac Mini and a monitor and a mouse and keyboard and speakers and a microphone. It's, st- it's a lot. The iMac gives you a lot, and it's really not any cheaper to build it with a Mac Mini, especially if you want to match the quality of the iMac package. And there's one thing that you cannot match, which is the simplicity. I have an M1 iMac. I use it every day. I love it. It's the base model. And it comes with a color-matched mouse and keyboard wireless. It plugs in with a single cable. It's fantastic plain and simple i don't really think you need a mac mini or the the savings of a mac mini aren't necessarily such that it makes an imac unnecessary the two can coexist and should but there are actually a couple of areas where i think the mac mini overlaps a bit too much but before i get into those i have to go turn off my air conditioning so i don't ruin the audio Okay, I will just add on that topic. I think the Mac Mini and the uh, the Mac the the Mac Mini and the iMac definitely should coexist. They definitely, I think, serve different audiences and almost sort of the opposite, right? Because the whole point of the Mac Mini is that you bring your own what is it? Bring your own display keyboard and mouse. I think that's what they said. So you bring all of that stuff yourself, plus the speakers and the microphone and whatever other stuff you need. And in some cases, that makes a lot of sense. I have a camera, I have a microphone, I have a monitor here, and I'm I have my MacBook Pro plugged in and I'm basically using it like an iMac. And that works for Mm -hmm. this setup, and that's great. But there are other setups where people just want to have a device on their on their count on their table on their desk, and they just want to use it. And that's what the iMac does. So they almost serve very different audiences. It's like, do you have all the stuff, or do you want to have all the stuff yourself, or do you just want something that works? And I feel like those are Mm. two different groups of people that fall into those two categories. There's obviously some overlap. But as far as like the audience, there's enough of a difference that they should both exist. I agree. Uh, and some people point out that, you know, if you already have the display keyboard and mouse, let's say in your case, Noah, if you wanted to get an M2 Pro Mac Mini, you already have the 4K display that you would plug it into. So that definitely does make sense. And that's further reason why they should 
why you should have both, right? Get the same chip, but if you already have a display that you like, or let's say you don't like a 24-inch screen, there you go, Mac Mini, perfect. What if you don't have anything? You want a desktop, but you have nothing, you don't have a lot of space, you want something that looks really nice. You got an iMac. But right now, Apple seemingly doesn't care that much about it. And another thing that they don't seem to care about is, well, let me just show you. So here is the product page for the new Mac minis, right? You can see at $12.99, we can get the double binned 10 core CPU, 16 core GPU version of the M2 Pro. Now here's where things get a little weird. Okay, let's start configuring this, shall we? So let's say we wanna get the full regular M2 Pro. They charge $300 for that upgrade. I believe it's the same, or it might be $200 in the MacBook Pro. So now we're at $1599. Let's say we wanna get 32 gigabytes of RAM and we'll leave it at 512 gigabytes of storage. Well, now it's 1999. And that's the exact same price as the base model Mac Studio with the M1 Max. And that also has 32 gigabytes of memory and 512 gigabytes of storage. So the storage, the RAM, the same. But we get more GPU cores in the M1 Max. So it's a little weird. Why do they cost the same amount when the M2 Pro, theoretically at least, isn't going to be as powerful as an M1 Max? I mean, the CPU might be a little faster, but the GPU, it might, it, honestly, it might be the same. It might be a little less fast. We're going to have to test it and find out, but I just think that's so weird. Why would they have done this? That is weird. And I feel like these things happen not too unfrequently. That was a weird way to say it. These mm -hmm. things happen somewhat frequently <laughs> where like a new product comes out that kind of overlaps with an existing product, especially when you start to spec it up. Uh, it, yeah. it definitely is weird. And, you know, at that point, I guess you look at the trade-off a little bit. I think maybe the Mac Studio, you know, it's a little bit bigger. It probably has a little bit better uh, I.O. And, you know, you can look at the mm. chips and we have to see, you know, what the difference is exactly. That's going to come out in the testing because we're not sure 100%. It is always weird. Some, I'm trying to think of other examples when this has happened. But I feel like sometimes when a new product comes out, the pricing can conflict with the other ones and i guess you know maybe maybe this says that the mac uh mac mini is the best value when you go for like the base model or one of the pre-configured ones and i guess that's generally the case but like that can be a discussion about you know are the upgrades worth it and at what point do you jump up to a more expensive product when do you just take the the lower price and and say that the performance is good enough that's a good point yeah, I don't know. I think it's a tough call. Uh, but I think that, like, obviously we're going to have to review it and test and compare all of these different aspects. But to your point, Noah, I think the whatever performance differences exist, the M1 Max equipped Mac Studio, which will probably get it replaced pretty soon, by the way, with an M2 Max, 
at which point the overlap would be even greater. I would probably guess that M2 Pro versus Bind M1 Max is going to be about the same GPU. Maybe maybe you get a little bit faster GPU in the M1 Max and a little bit faster CPU in the M1 M2 Pro. Call it even. And at that point, what you're looking at is I/O differences. And we get we get four Thunderbolt Pore, four Thunderbolt Four ports with two USB-C ports on the Mac Studio. We get an SD card reader on the Mac Studio. We also get 10 gigabit Ethernet as standard, whereas for 1999 you still have to pay an extra hundred dollars to get 10 gigabit Ethernet on the Mac Mini. And then obviously the USB-A, the, the HDMI, the headphone jack, that's all the same. So I would still personally take a Mac Studio, especially since you can find those on sale over this Mac Mini. But as with most Apple products, especially the lower tier ones, I think the strong suit of this is when you don't upgrade it. So I would take off the 32 gigabytes of RAM. And if you look at it now with the full M2 Pro, 16 gigabytes, 512, maybe a terabyte, you're looking at 1599 or 1799. I think that's where this machine shines. When you start adding a bunch of storage and especially that $400 RAM upgrade, it becomes a little bit harder to, uh, to justify not jumping up to the Mac Studio. But this, I think, gives you a lower price point with, as we mentioned, probably not that much less performance and probably faster CPU performance. I think this is the one to, I think this is the one to get. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, when you start applying these upgrades to a lower tier product, you're sort of saying, like, this tier of product isn't powerful enough for me. It's not good enough for me, you know, whatever it is. And and, and yes. when you start saying that, then that's where, you know, this pricing comes in. You get into these, like, pricing, not conflicts, but, like, where the price of this gets close to the price of the Mac Studio. And that's just what happens, right? If you're looking at a lower-tier product and saying this isn't powerful enough for me, then you start adding on the, the prices. It adds on uh, money. And then you look at the other things. But when you look at these uh, products as they come, you know, you look at the, the tiers that Apple uh, puts out on their website – especially the lower tier ones, if you're okay with that uh, that tier, that's usually a great value. And that's where a lot of people will land. A lot of people will be very happy with even the least expensive Mac Mini or the M2 Pro Mac Mini or whatever. But, you know, if you start to need more, then you start to look at other products. Absolutely. And I have a perfect illustration of why this is something that I always recommend. Uh, and that is basically when we're talking about this laddering system and Noah's talking about when you start adding on these upgrades and you start jumping to different product categories, because obviously the, the goal here is you start at $600 for your Mac mini. And actually, if I pull this, pull this back up, if we, if we go back to a regular Mac mini, the base model. If we say, okay, well, you know, I really would like 16 gigabytes and I really would like 512 uh, of storage 
And then you're like, oh, well, wait a second. I'm only 300 bucks away from just getting the M2 Pro. So why why not just do that? Especially, like, oh, 24 gigabytes of RAM. Now I'm, I'm, I'm really close. So maybe it's worth just stepping it up and getting the M2 Pro. Then, then you end up in the thing with the Mac Studio, and all of a sudden you're looking at a Mac Studio, and eventually you end up, like me, buying just a $5,000 Mac Studio that you didn't need to buy. So I always recommend, wherever possible, resist all upgrades. Resist, resist, resist. And I'm gonna show you why. So let's start uh, by going on a very simple eBay search, and we're going to go back to 2019. This is, I think, recent enough that it's relevant, but not too long ago that the pricing is totally different and inflation and all that stuff. So let's let's do a search here for MacBook Pro, and I'm going to refine this because I'm looking for specifically the 15-inch base model. So Core i7 9th Gen. And you'll see where I'm going in a second here. So let's look at a do do do. We gotta find one with an SSD capacity of 256. So this is a base model 15 inch. So what are we looking at here? Well, most of what we are seeing here is prices here 650, 775. That one's a little expensive at 900. Wow, these have gotten super cheap, 600. So let's say, for argument's sake, that we are looking at an average price for a base model 2019. And I'm gonna put this all down in a note. Uh, we're looking at, a, what, at an average of $650 is roughly what these machines are worth. Okay, so. Now let's go ahead and refine this search. And instead of a Core i7, we're gonna do a Core i9 9th gen. And our SSD, instead of 256, we're gonna do a terabyte. So this is now lots of upgrades. And in fact, you know what? Well, let's also do 32 gigabytes of RAM. I'm basically building the exact computer that I have because I know how much it costs when new and that's gonna be important. Um, the, the starting price for the 2019 15-inch MacBook Pro was $23.99. Okay, so now let's take a look at this upgraded one, and what are we looking at here? $13.25, $12.50, That one's pretty, pretty cheap, and that's actually a 16-inch. Wowza, these things have gotten, oh, oh my god, all of those are 16-inch. Oh crap, the 15 inch really has taken a beating, hasn't it? All of these are 16s, holy moly. So you know what we're gonna have to do is go go into our GPU and find the Radeon Pro 560X. Okay, not a lot of people bought these things and they're weirdly more expensive. Okay, 1099, 1140, 949, let's say $1,100. So, your base model is worth 650 out of 2399, which means 
2399 minus 650. If you bought that in 2019, you are minus $1,749. But your loaded top of the line one, well, that originally cost, and I have one so I know, $3,899. And from that, we are now at 1100 which means we lost $2,799. So, I'm hoping everyone's following. I'm hoping this makes sense. But effectively, what this means is the more you spend on those upgrades, the more you're going to lose because the MacBook is going to hold its value better than the upgrades will. And sure, when you're buying used, absolutely, you should be going for the most upgraded one you can get for your money because it's worth more, but it doesn't scale. That's the important part. You paid $400 for that 32 gigs of RAM in 2019, but now because you have 32 gigabytes of RAM, it's maybe worth an extra hundred bucks. That's... That's what happens. All of these things condense and shrink. It's very similar with cars. You buy the base model car versus the fully loaded car. The fully loaded one always depreciates more because it's still, no matter how many upgrades it has, a car of whatever model year. So all of this is to say, it's a bit long-winded, but all of this is to say, if you can avoid upgrading, do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I appreciate the interactive lesson there, uh, going on eBay and <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's like uh, you know the fact that you can just go on eBay, uh, you know any any day and just do the search and show the same point every time just proves that uh, that it's true. You know, it's true and it's true all the time. So absolutely, and it's you know it's kind of that 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 part of the thing and maybe it even feeds into apple's you know laddering strategy a little bit where they say you know if you're thinking about getting the the m2 pro uh versus the m2 or you're thinking about going up to the mac studio versus the you know an upgraded mac mini and and maybe it plays into that a little bit to say like you know if you're selling a used mac studio versus selling a used upgraded mac mini maybe there's a difference there but at the end of the day yes if you can uh if you can manage with the the lesser one uh without the upgrades mm. and you probably can to be honest like if you really stop and think about what you're going to use it for what you're going to do you yeah. think about how powerful these chips are all of the you know accelerators the neural engine and the video encoders that are going to accelerate these tasks for you that you're going to do you probably need less power than you think you do or than you want to admit that you need to be real yeah absolutely absolutely and i think we all get a little seduced by saying like oh 96 gigabytes of unified memory but like when i'm actually using the darn thing I don't need that amount. Like, it just doesn't make a difference. Like, right now, I have Final Cut Pro open. And I can even start here. I'm going to start rendering in the background. Okay, so now I'm rendering. I'm streaming, of course. I've got a camera plugged in. And, heck, let's, um, what, what uses some RAM? Oh, well, I'm in Chrome. So, let's get a few more tabs going, shall we? 
what's something? All right, let's let's load up theverge.com. All right, they that's loves the Ram. Just munchy, munchy, munchy. Eat that up. Okay, we'll load up NBC News. Tons of data, lots of Ram. Great. Twitter. Um, I've got eBay open. Oh, let's get the Twitter app. Do I have that open? Oh, I don't have I don't have the Twitter app on here for good reason. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, Twitter.com. I've got like six Safari tabs open too. Uh, let's let's get um Cinebench. Let's get that running, shall we? Of course. We'll open that up in another window. So right now I'm on the Mac Studio. I'm I'm chugging here, right? We've got a Final Cut Pro render going. We've got uh, a Cinebench run going. We've got a bunch of Chrome tabs. If I open up Activity Monitor and we see how much RAM I'm using, it's 40 gigs. And and half of that, by the way, 21.6 gigabytes is cached files. Oh. So... Do I really need, and this is, by the way, a 64 gigabyte Mac Studio, that I do every single thing for my YouTube channel. I now run multiple YouTube channels on this Mac Studio. Do I need 96 gigs of RAM? Really? No. Yeah, that's like, it's always, it's it's very attractive to be able to get the upgrade, especially when it's the unified memory and you're like, oh, it's the unified memory, so I can use it. It can be used, you know, for the for the RAM. It can be used, it can be shared by, you know, all the different pieces. Like, it'll be good to have lots of that so that all the different pieces can use it when they need it and whatever. But no, you don't, you you just, you just don't need it. I mean, mine, I have my, my MacBook <laughs> you Pro just here. just don't. I mean, some people do, but like, I have my MacBook Pro here with, uh, you know, 50, uh, what is it, 64 gigs of unified memory, the classic, and it's using 12 gigs of memory right now. And, I, you know, I'm just streaming, and I'm streaming, I'm doing audio recording, and I have this, uh, you know, this uh, activity monitor open. But, like, realistically, mm-hmm. how much more am I going to be doing at once on this thing? Like, if I'm going to be editing yeah. a Final Cut video... I'm not going to be streaming. If I'm going to be, you know, coding, I'm not going to be editing a video. Like, it's it's like how much stuff could you possibly be doing at once that you need all of this memory? For some people, they do. I don't want to say that nobody ever needs this. But, like, for most people, you just don't. Yeah. I think that's a topic that I'm going to focus on a lot uh, in my reviews, especially when it comes to memory with apple silicon is a a lot of people i think tend to make the upgrade because they feel like they might need it eventually and then what happens is they sell the computer before they actually need it it's sort of like uh it's sort of like people who bought tesla autopilot in 2019 being like oh boy when when this is ready, I will have it. And then they ran through their three-year lease term and never got to use it, but they paid for it. And that's what I think happens when a lot of people buy these RAM upgrades. 
uh, a lot of people are way ambitious about how long they're going to actually use a computer. Because when you buy it and you spend that $3,000, you're like, whoa, that's a big, that's a lot of money. I'm going to keep this for six years. And then three years later, something really, really, really exciting comes out. And you're like, oh, man, that's pretty awesome. I think uh, I still got good value in my computer. It would only cost me $1,000 to upgrade. I'm going to do it. And wouldn't you know it? You just got suckered because you paid for an upgrade that you didn't need. And so I think the way to do it, and, and this is what I've done. You know, a lot of people are going to buy the 96 gigabyte of RAM to review because it's new. And they're going to be like, wow, this is a lot of RAM. I didn't do that because I don't think that 99% of, of the people out there are going to be needing all that memory. And so I don't want to make it seem like it has any bearing on the product because it's it's an expensive upgrade. It's I think it's eight hundred dollars. Jeez. And that's and you're by the way you're starting at thirty two there. Like, I think. Wait, hang on. Hold. Hold, please. <laughs> Holding. So from yes, I was right. From thirty two to ninety six is eight hundred dollars that's that's egregious that really is just an outrageous amount of money for something that most people the vast majority of people are not going to need yeah that is absolutely true i feel like it is you know, it's good to be realistic about your, like, about your timeline of, of, of upgrades and to think, so I think, like, you know, now I'm kind of, I got this M1, uh, the, the M1 Max MacBook Pro right when it came out. This was, like, the big refresh, right? And so, based on prior history, we expect sometime in around four years or, you know, I guess around three years from now, but four years from when the new uh, design is announced, we'll probably see, a, you know, the next new design. And maybe it'll be a little bit longer. Maybe it'll be five years this time instead um, because maybe things are slowing down a little bit. The processors are getting better, whatever, whatever. But, you know, four or five years down the line, the the new ones that's going to come out, the next generation and you're going to see that next generation you're going to say oh look at all this you know it's a new design it has these new features whatever i want to get this one and then you know you're probably going to sell or you know get rid of or or not use your computer as your primary computer anymore and then at that point you know you're you're, you're kind of done with it so you should be realistic and say like you know in 4 years from now am i really going to need all of these upgrades right because like things are going to get you know programs are going to get more demanding there's going to be more stuff going on but that doesn't mean that your computer can't handle it at all maybe it'll be a little bit slower it'll mm -hmm. take a little bit longer to export you know things in a in a future uh, update when there's like more stuff going on or you have higher quality footage it's not that your computer can't do it it just might be a little bit slower and maybe that's okay for a little bit it's a little bit slower and then four years five years from now you upgraded again so you just got to be a little bit you know, got to be realistic about that yeah i think that's that's probably the most uh 
useful thing. That's probably the most uh, adviceful thing that we've ever said on this show. Yeah, that was... This is weird. That was a piece of advice. And you know what? So we gave a piece of advice. We haven't taken any questions from listeners, and there were a couple of super chats, so maybe we could address those, and that would even elevate us another level above. Holy crap. I don't know about that. But I guess it's already on screen. So if you get a refurbished Mac Mini M1 for $422 from Apple yesterday with a veteran's discount, it was around $465 without the discount. And so apparently Apple has now reflected those, uh, the adjustment there. We can actually go check on that, shall we? Because right when these devices came out, actually, uh, the the new Mac Mini M2 was $599 and the refurbished M1 was $589. So it was literally $10 less. But right now, oh, wow, they've just purged all of them. Huh. These are all Intel. Why would you, bro? I mean, the these are outrageously expensive. There is that one, and the the one silver one is an M1 chip, but it looks pretty upgraded. Yeah, this is the only one, but it's it's pretty built up. It's got oh, wow, yeah. eight gigabytes of RAM, but two terabytes <laughs> of storage. That's bewildering. This is a weird configuration. Yeah, that's why it's still in the store. No one bought it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, if we go, yeah, all the other ones, I guess they've they've uh, gotten rid of them or they lowered the prices and just sold them all. But yeah, four hundred bucks for a M1 Mac Mini—that's a crazy deal. And I tweeted that actually, bro. What? What? Twenty-five hundred dollars. <laughs> 64 gigs of RAM and a 2 terabyte SSD, sure. But, like, this this is the i7. This is less powerful. It's about half as powerful as an M1. Oof. Good God, that's a horrible deal. But, yeah, that was one of the things I said was the best thing about the M2 Mac Mini is that now the M1 Mac Minis are going to be, like, three dollars $400, and that's just a ludicrously good value. Like unbelievably good value yeah that definitely seems pretty i was i was sitting here thinking like hmm, you know if i stuck a mac mini down here instead of plugging in my laptop every week wouldn't make that much of a difference but like i don't know it could be it could be kind of fun 300 dollars. you never know for 300 bucks that's a great idea it's so cheap you can use it as an htpc you can use it for retro gaming like I did with my... You can think about how cheap your Wii converted Mac Mini could be now. I could That's just knock true. 200 bucks off the price tag of mine. That's crazy. That is pretty good. There was also another question here. Uh, oh, there was that one, and then there was one even before uh, the one that you put up as well. Oh, heavens. Okay, well, we got to talk about Ramal here. Ramal yeah. is a TikTok creator does some tech stuff, go check him out. And I think this is a good point. It seems like in terms of value, Apple Silicon Macs are either insanely good value or just super expensive, no in between. I'd say that's correct. I mean, you look at the MacBook Pro, the 14-inch and the 16-inch base models are like way ahead of the competition. But once you spec them out, they're so expensive that they're no longer that competitive. 
it's kind of funny. Yeah, that's definitely Yeah, I just I guess it's like the upgrades are so expensive and it's like or it's a combination of the the in, like the starting price being pretty good, pretty competitive and the upgrades being really expensive. Uh I kind of agree with that, honestly. And then that other question that we had here, is it worth upgrading from the M1 Mac Mini to the M2 Pro Mac Mini? Uh, I mean, I would say if you need the extra performance, then it's probably worth it. Uh, wait until the reviews come out because I've got that Mac Mini on the way. So there will be plenty of info on it. Uh but do just be careful because your M1 Mac Mini just went down in value. So I would say you could probably get at least 350 or 400 for your uh, for your M1, which means it's almost a thousand dollars to do that upgrade. So if it's if you need that performance and you're happy to spend the money, then sure, go for it. But I think a lot of people on Apple Silicon should probably be holding out for M3. And I think this actually leads quite smoothly <laughs> into a little poll that I put up on my YouTube channel. And it's quite interesting. So let me go ahead and pull this up here. Do do do. I'm actually not logged in. Oh. Oh gosh, I'm going to skew the results by voting, but you know what? It's fine. So I, I, I ran a poll here and I asked people, how many years do you keep your primary laptop for? One or less, two years, three years, four years, and then five plus. And this is how it shaped out. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so we've got, just for the people listening, and we've got 3%, say one or less, 6%, I think that's 6%, say two years, 17% say three years, no, 12% say three years, 17% say four years, and 62% say five or more. So the majority of people, five or more years for their primary laptop. It's pretty interesting. And I would suspect... Yeah, I think that... I would suspect that, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna send this over to my buddy Sam, because I think it would be an interesting way to look at our audience demographics. Yeah. Um, because I get the sense that people that watch my videos tend to be a little bit more cautious in their upgrades, and I get the sense that the people that watch his videos are more excited in frequent upgrades. Um, although I don't know what laptop does to change that. But it is interesting because every time I upload a video or every time there are new Macs, I'll see people that are like, oh, I'm holding out. I've got the 2018. Or they'll be like, oh, I'm finally upgrading from my 2017 MacBook Pro. And that is five plus years old now. Yeah. And I, I almost wonder, you know, when it's five plus years, if that were separated, I know you can't do this, but like if it were separated into five and six plus or maybe like five to six years and then seven or more i feel like that 
the five is doing a lot of, more of the heavy lifting than the plus is. Like, I mm. feel like, you know what I mean? I'm sure there are some people that keep their laptop for a very long time, but it seems like, you know, four or five years seems like a pretty reasonable cycle. Uh, whereas if someone said, you know, six, seven, eight years, that's getting a lot older. And I also think it'll be interesting to see how this changes uh, over you know, the coming years, like obviously the majority are already at five mm. plus years, but as these laptops get more powerful and they last for even longer, I would, maybe it wouldn't even change because the majority of the people are already keeping theirs for a long time. And the people that are keeping them for a short time are probably upgrading because they want the newest tech or they're reviewing it, or there's like a reason. So maybe even it wouldn't change. Um, but I would suspect that there are some people out there who will keep their laptops for longer than they used to because they're getting, you know, better. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I think it would be interesting to see how that changes over time now with Apple Silicon. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're in, a, in it, we're in an interesting spot where it's quite interesting to me that we see a relatively linear increase, right? One to two to three to four, and then this huge jump to five plus. Now that's probably because five plus encompasses a lot of years. I think if I had like a 10 option poll, it would be cleaner, but given where we are right now, where four years ago you have butterfly keyboards and then seven and eight years ago, you have back to the pre butterfly keyboard generation. I think that is probably having an effect on the results of this poll because I would imagine that people in that 2016 to 2019 generation are trying to get rid of their computers faster than those who would have like a 2015, 14, 13. Because those people probably held out to avoid the butterfly keyboard. That's a good point, and especially because you sent me a 2015 MacBook Pro because I needed yeah. an Intel machine for a video. And I used it, obviously, to make the video, but I used it a little bit like while I was getting everything set up. And it's totally usable. It's totally fine. I will say that the lack of USB-C uh, is a little bit painful uh, these days. But uh, other than that, mm -hmm. like the machine itself is totally uh, usable. So I could see what you're saying, you know, where people... Uh, you know, they held off on those butterfly keyboard models and now they're going to upgrade. And then once these people get onto Apple Silicon, then I think we'll really see, you know, if things slow down or, or what that's going to look like. That's true. I think it would be interesting. I don't know. I think that this poll, like also think about it this way, Noah. What if we did this poll again in five years? Mm-hmm. Do you think that because I would imagine that because most people would not be on butterfly keyboards anymore, that people would want to keep them even longer? Because given how Apple Silicon fares in iPhones, where people don't feel like they need to upgrade every single year, I would imagine that Apple Silicon Mac Pros or Apple Silicon Macs are going to have a similar effect. Yeah, that's sort of what I was getting at, uh, or sort of what I was saying before, just like um, 
you know, I think the people on the extreme of like upgrading, you know, one year or less or like the one to two year kind of thing, those are the people that want the latest tech. Uh, maybe they're reviewers, mm-hmm. maybe they're just like tech enthusiasts, whatever. And I don't think that those people are going to change because, you know, they want the latest tech and that's fun. And I'm one of those people, honestly, maybe not the max. Absolutely. I can wait a little bit longer, but I like to have the latest tech. Then there are those people that are already at five plus years and they're going to stay at five plus years and they're going to be even happier now than they were in the past because their computer is going to uh, be better for longer than it was before but i do think that there are some people in the middle you know maybe in that three to four or even right on that five year mark and some of those people may you know upgrade later and they might keep their max for longer and longer because they're just getting to a point where they're a lot better and you don't need to upgrade as frequently so i could definitely see a shift and then it would almost become a little bit more bimodal i guess where you have that little bit of people Mm. in the beginning the majority of the people at the end and that middle is not going to have a ton of people so i don't know that's my guess that's true that's true i would imagine that that bimodal graph shows up in about three years Hmm. because then we'll have a bunch of people who have had an apple silicon mac for two, three, four years. And I think a lot of those people are going to be like, I see no reason to upgrade. I've got, I mean, the LED, I've got promotion. I've got plenty of power and lots of RAM. I don't need to upgrade. You're gonna still have those those tech people like us who are always at the forefront, like, ah, oh, 10% more performance while the old one's garbage now. And you're still gonna have the people who I get emails from all the time where they're like, I'm using a PowerPC uh, 12 inch aluminum power book and i would like to upgrade the ram do you know what brand of memory is the most reliable so that i can use this for another 10 years oh my god i do get emails like that where people are trying to use obscenely old things it's crazy that is really funny you know power to them but that is really funny power book to them yeah good one (laughs) yeah yeah well anyway Next week, we will have a bunch of new deets as we see how all this plays out. I doubt that there are many of you who will be upgrading from M1 Pro to M2 Pro, but given the results of that poll, a lot of you guys are Apple Silicon holdouts. You haven't pulled the trigger yet, and so we will find out this coming week if M2 is going to load your revolver but you know what we're gonna find out right now what's that that this episode has come to an end (gasps) it has yeah i'm sorry you had to find out this way oh no yeah well i'm devastated but i guess that's the way the cookie crumbles yeah, nothing nothing we can do about it. The only thing we can do is thank you all for watching this episode of Dark Mode. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We will see you next week, and have a great night.